Hey, what's up? This is Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram, and I'm here to let you know a little bit about Zavi, Z-A-V-V-I. They are your one-stop place to go to for anything pop culture related, anything from clothes to games, Blu-rays to action figures. If you want any of that, Zavi is your one-stop shop from Marvel, DC to anything else. Harry Potter, Kill Bill, they got it all. Use code TYLER20 for 20% off all clothes. Or code Tyler10 for 10% off anything else store wide. All right, now let's get back to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Tyler G Show. I'm Tyler G. And I have a lot of stuff to cover today. We have a lot of stuff to cover today. Uh, first, I'd like to thank, as always, the uh, sponsors, the people that uh, allow this show to go. And, of course, I'd like to thank Zavi, which uh, all the sponsors will have a link in the uh, description box below. And Zavi will have a link there. And that is a, like, that's a everything pop culture you could ever want online store. They got video games. They got pops. They got action figures, which... They'll have new DC Direct figures coming soon. They got Blu-rays. They got board games. They got collectibles of all sorts. They got like Harry Potter coins. They got Star Wars stuff. So anything you want, if you use the code TYLER10, you get 10% off store-wide. But any clothes, shirts, anything like that, if you use code TYLER20, you'll get 20% off all clothes. So check them out. Then after that, we got Big Bad Toy Store, of course. Link below there. Just, they have a ton of stuff in stock. If you just look at their front page, which we're going to be looking at them soon, and all the new stuff, they have a lot of great stuff up right now, which we'll show you in just a bit. Also, we got a lot of sponsors, so we got to <laughs> make sure we get them all. Skillshare. Okay, I'll have a link below down there. Skillshare is awesome, especially if you are in quarantine and having to stay home a lot. I'll have a link where you get two free months. And what it is, is it's basically like having a, a college of anything you could ever think of at your fingertips in terms of uh, videos. So they have videos on cinematography. They have videos on visual storytelling. They have photography, lighting. So basically, oh, haircuts. I'm going to have to watch a video on that to get it to do, unless I can find the barber soon. So uh, I'll leave a link, two free months. I really think you should take advantage of that. Ready Sets, I'll have a link to them. They're a great diorama uh, building company. They have some new stuff coming out soon, and they have two classic sets that I love, and I, I, I could use them basically an unlimited amount of times for different angles and everything. Check. Oh, I'm running out of running out of air check them out ready sets then they also got numbskull designs they have a cosplaying rubber ducky uh line which it sounds funny but if you look at them they're awesome i've done a few pictures of them with great response people think they're very cool looking and uh they have a lot of different lines like they have ghostbusters final fantasy batman so i i'll leave a link to them below as well after that, we got Undone Watches. Undone Watches, they have a whole DC line where they're going to be coming out with, like, Batman's different looks. I think they've got two or three different Batman watches. And then they're also going to do Superman watches and that sort of thing. And they're not too expensive. If you are a watch collector, you know anything about the watch market. It's a, it's for the, how great of a piece it is, it's a very good price. So, after that, uh, we got a few new diorama companies uh, reaching out that are going to be coming soon. And one of them is called, I think it's, let me look, make sure. I don't want to get it wrong. Diorama Prints, okay? I'll leave a link to them below as well. They're a new diorama company and they're, uh, they have some interesting different designs coming up that a lot of different diorama companies have not done yet. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see what they're like. I just actually got an email from them before the show. So uh, I should be having those in hand soon, and I could share those with you guys. After that, uh, I think we're set. We're set. Okay. Also, Extreme Sets. I'll leave a, a, a link down to Extreme Sets because they're also a friend of the show. They've been on twice, 
and uh, now I can get back to my notes for today. <laughs> so new toy news. I already uh, hinted at that. We got a lot. There's a lot of new stuff up, especially on Big Bad Toy Store if you just look at their main page. So some of the notable stuff, the Star Wars uh, new, I think it's like the 40 year anniversary packaging for like, well, it's not 40 year anniversary. I think Hasbro just did new packaging overall for their Black Series, and it's very cool looking. Uh, they, let me see if I can find images. Uh, I'm not seeing actually any of the box images. But, oh well. This isn't a Star Wars show. So then McFarlane, they showed off their White Knight uh, images. Uh, well, we've already kind of seen the stuff from uh, Toy Fair and that sort of thing, but they keep posting new images to promote the uh, White Knight, Jack Napier, Joker, and also the Batman. And that has some cool accessories. But also new news today. We got a Mezco Themyscirian uh, armor, ultimate sort of thing. The armor kind of looks like the gold stuff that was on the Mezco Aquaman. And it's removable and you can make her look like a normal Wonder Woman. And she has like a very cool red cape. Uh, and it just looks like a very comic accurate ultimate wonder woman and uh i i might be tempted to pre-order that one if it's not sold out already but it's up for pre-order now also from blitzway something very cool it's the uh they're starting to do a line of toys for inspector gadget for the animated series i remember watching that as a kid so i might have to get some of those i really do like inspector gadget uh in terms of wonder woman again Wonder Woman 84, Mafex has a, they showed some promo, promo images of their new Wonder Woman. And the face sculpt is interesting because it kind of looks more like Gal Gadot, but it also kind of doesn't. And that's just, I don't know what it is about Gal Gadot's likeness. She's a, one of the most beautiful women on the planet, but it's really hard for toy companies to capture that likeness perfectly. Um... SH Figure Arts has come the closest, but that was from the first release Wonder Woman figure for just regular old Wonder Woman movie. And that one comes with a couple of head sculpts. I don't know if the, how many head sculpts the Mafex one that they just showed off comes with. I only saw one that I saw. And I think it was just like a leak image, so I'm not sure. Um, the Child from The Mandalorian is still up available from Big Bad Toy Store, both the Pop and the Black Series. Little uh, six inch scale, but it's absolutely tiny. I haven't ordered it yet, but I'm probably gonna order it right now after this because I honestly didn't think that I would even have a chance to get it. But Big Bad Toy Store, always coming through. Uh, also a big, big, I think it's awesome. I don't know how many of you guys will think it's awesome, but the Mayfax showed off there, Michael Jordan, Dream Team Edition uh, action figure. It's 112 scale and it looks brilliant. He's wearing the USA Dream Team color, the white uniform. He comes with two head sculpts, one with a smile as if he's posing for his portraits for the uh, you know promotional stuff uh, or also one in the gold. And he also has a more serious open mouth like he's barking commands or as he's going in for a dunk. It would have been cool if they had one with the tongue out and the classic Michael Jordan look. But if you look at Big Bad Toy Store and you take uh, a gander at a lot of the promo images, they have a few classic poses, especially his, uh, his Jumpman pose for his brand, and it looks really good. There's only one problem. It's over $120 before tax and shipping. And Mayfix, ah, I don't think that they are at the quality where they should be charging that much for figures especially when you have companies like Mezco that are putting out high quality soft goods crazy articulated uh ultimate editions of like Wonder Woman still put them around like 120 and then you got Mayfix and they're just plastic and sometimes they could be brittle and sometimes they don't always have the most accessories and sometimes they try to put some accessories from a, another figure in there so you'll be more tempted to buy them all so I don't and sometimes Mayfix They'll, they'll start off high, a price, maybe high in general for setting the price that high. But then after a few weeks, it will drastically go down to around like 60 or 70. And then if you give it another month or so, it might go down a little bit more. But with Michael Jordan, I do not see that happening. So 
After all that said, I think that if you want this Michael Jordan figure, you better pre-order it now. So, I mean, if you just look at the shoes alone that come on the figure, they're so detailed and look so awesome. And it's ironic that you're paying 120 for a Michael Jordan figure when that's about the price of a, a mid-range Jordan shoe. Not even the good ones, because they could be over $200 easy. So, that's all I got for um, new toy news. For me, I, in terms of uh, new plastic that I've obtained, I did not get anything this week. The last figure I got was the Rocketeer from Diamond Select. I did go, um, because the quarantine is lifted, well, I don't know if it's official or not, but it feels like it's been lifted overall, and stores are starting to reopen, so I did go to Walmart to see if there's still having to stand in a line like wrapped around the building and it it was there was no line you could walk right in at least in california where i am and i went to the toy section and it looked like that was the last thing on their mind was stocking toys because they had nothing there and even in the two sections because we go back towards electronics they also have uh that's where they keep like the mcfarland stuff and the neca stuff but at target they they're all stocked up they just not the stuff that I want. They have plenty of DC Multiverse, but I have not seen any of the Arkham Asylum, Joker, or Batman. But my area it tends, my area either, <laughs> we I either find waves a month before they're supposed to be out, like when I found the Steppenwolf wave for Justice League, and I was like on the internet as revealing that. It was the first look of Steppenwolf. Uh, or they're just, you won't see it, the wave for like, two years after it was due out. In fact, the reason I was able to get a Jessica Cruz DC Multiverse, which if you look online you, in box, it's like over $100 for her because it was her first figure and it's super rare. Because my target waits to put out uh, DC Multiverse almost a year or two after they're due out, they thought that she was a sale item and they had her for $5. So I got a whole wave, the Clayface Build-A-Fig wave, including Jessica Cruz for around like 25 bucks so where I am it's really weird and uh, the distribution's weird but I'm hoping that I'm supposed to go on a trip to Valencia tomorrow and I'm hoping that I could peruse the local targets and Walmarts and maybe find some figures that are actually newer and hopefully the Joker one uh, I went to a GameStop around near where I am and the those are still closed as far as yesterday. I have not gone today, but they're still only delivery and curbside pickup. For those of you that are wondering and dying to go out and hunt again. Okay. So now in terms of media, I, the, I, I know that the last Harley Quinn I watched on the DC Universe app was really good. And I don't want to go too far in depth on it, but I do want to do some highlights and we do get to see Harley Quinn in a Jack Kirby world. She gets to go to Apocalypse. That's nothing spoilerish because that's on the episode, uh, what is it called? Thumbnail screen. And she gets, I think that's cool seeing her in that setting. And then they do something that, it's they did it very well. I'm very impressed with the way the writing has gone. Um, progressed over the two seasons and I think that this is how it should be done when you do things like this they so Harley Quinn was originated in Batman Animated Series and of course she was a side she was Joker's sidekick and they had a weird relationship more or less an abusive one well it was an abusive one but for some reason Harley loved her and they get they'd have their moments like I guess any relationship like that would have but in the end joker just wanted to get rid of her and he event yeah he did he kicked her out and she took up with harley quinn i mean she took up with poison ivy as we saw in harley and ivy when uh, they're trying to rob a diamond or harley and poison ivy's trying to get some chemicals and so that's where they begin a friendship and we see them throughout the rest of the animated series work together a few times and maintain that friendship and that close relationship and in the comics, that relationship naturally blossomed and naturally uh, 
be, became more romantic and that's just how it, it was a natural progression it wasn't something like that was forced right away it's just something that came about and I really like how these the right away the Harley Quinn animated series could have just been like nope like because they're they, Harley and Ivy are living together right from the beginning so they could have just said right away oh they they're in a relationship and uh, just deal with it and I think if they would have done that they would have had a lot of the uh, the people that I, I want to call it trolls but I just hate saying that word but they're just those people that like to criticize everything they would have said oh these writers are just trying to force LGBT and uh, force this whole narrative but I mean this Harley and Ivy's relationship has been played out in comics it's not it's well established in canon and like I said the way it was done before was natural progression I think the way the writers did it in this animated series was a good homage to that it was it was written well it wasn't rushed and it didn't feel like they were just trying to push it on you so bravo to them on uh on the writers on how they tackled that and it's going to be fun and interesting to see how how it goes and how the, it progresses i'm looking forward to the next episode so good job to you guys i really am enjoying harley quinn the animated series they also have some really cool visual stuff that is it they I don't give enough credit for that. There are some very, really cool, interesting visuals. And for a cartoon, that's saying a lot because it's easy to, I feel like it's easier to do or think of if you have a camera in real life and you're looking at things, but to imagine that in your head and make and do some of those shots, pretty cool. Um, okay. Now we're going on to, where we're going to the next DC collectible slash DC direct wave, as it were, but it's not really a wave. These are kind of, uh, solo releases uh, about every other week or so but they're, they're, they're specialties and also I threw in one solo figure just to have a solo figure there because at this time well we'll get into it we'll talk about it well the first pack that I'm going to do our specialty thing is Christmas with the Joker and this figure is having a re-release soon but it's not in this matte design where you can see he's clearly matte I'm back to focus that's eh, not doing too well but you've seen the Christmas with the Joker you've seen how he looks you know how he looks the hat's awesome the face is awesome the way his eyes are it's a better paint job than the first couple of Jokers they released and you can see that he has his uh his little hand puppet can't I'm drawing a blank on his name right now but it's a great accessory. And speaking of accessories, he comes with the tree that also looks a lot like the Charlie Brown tree. And each one of those ornaments is removable. And the candy cane, of course, is from the, the awful lawful family. And he would put in their mouth to shut them up. And then another accessory that comes with are, he comes with a pair of hands that are the, they shoot guns, as in the episode where Batman or Joker has a lot of joker robots that can shoot uh, bullets out of their hands and robin has to confuse them and make them shoot each other to get out of the jam operation cause and effect as batman calls it so the the christmas of the joker you get a lot of very cool things from a christmas specific now uh it's like i would say it's an iconic and almost up there with rudolph the red-nosed reindeer stop motion claymation movie where it's you just gotta watch it's part of pop culture now the jingle bells batman smells robin laid an egg the batmobile lost its will and joker got away that song i remember people singing that all over the playground when i was little and it came from batman the animated series so in this specific episodes and this figure the matte one has gone up tremendously on the aftermarket online so uh, if you have him, treasure him. Don't break him. Mine kind of broke, but it's easy fix. Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to get the metal shiny one. We'll see. I just, I'm not a big fan of shiny. Okay, now the solo release figure that I got. That I'm going to use just so we have one solo release. And also I, because it felt like for a while DC collectibles was sputtering and they weren't 
for a while it was like every almost every other week or every week they had at least a wave of three or four animated series figures and this one i felt like around this time they started to put out one you know maybe every month where i remember batgirl was a solo release just just her and that was like a couple of weeks after just nothing for a while and you're like thinking are they gonna make anything anymore so here's the new batman adventures catwoman it's a very sleek very cool design reminiscent of michelle pfeiffer in batman returns i like this whip a lot better than the original release catwoman the bts one it's just a lot longer a lot thicker a sturdier that's what she said but in reality it's, they put a lot more detail into the whip so i do like that fact she comes with extra hands and she also comes with isis which i have over here <laughs> down at my NECA street diorama setup because I just used her for a big shot. But if you want to look at that, you can look at the link below where you can find my Instagram. Now, I saved the best for last here because this is, this is honest, probably up there with Etrigan and that three pack, just because I, I love that design. It's like, when would you ever see a Bruce Tim Etrigan figure? Like, who would ever make that? I'm thankful that we did, but even more so, this is almost something that had to be done. And the fact that they did do it and they did it so well. And just with the Batman face or Bruce's face alone, they put a lot of detail and work. And it's the Batman Beyond three pack where it comes with the old man Bruce. It comes with Terry in the bat suit, Batman Beyond suit. And I said three pack because it comes with Ace, the bat hound, the bat dog which is named in the DCAU animated, that's redundant, in the DCAU continuity. He's named after Ace from the Royal Flush Gang, which if you've ever seen Epilogue, you know what I'm talking about. In terms of accessories, you get the very cool Batman Beyond Batarang. You get the add-on Batman Beyond wings and they're articulated and you could for different shots, you can get them at different angles so it looks perfect. And of course, Batman or Old Man Bruce gets his cane because those knees are probably worn out from all those superhero landings. And yeah, this, I mean, in terms of articulation, none of those figures, none of them that I showed you, the Joker, Old Man Bruce, Catwoman, even Ace have or have um, pivot in their ankles it's all it's all hinged just up and down very basic articulation but it's all they have the swivel at the elbow so you get some of that movement sorry podcast listeners you're not seeing me <laughs> um, they got the of course the arms go up they could all move at the waist they all got the splits they could do so some more than others up and down back with the leg single joint knee so you gotta also in order for dc direct slash collectibles to get the proper look of the timverse animation there's always going to be certain things articulation wise you're gonna have to uh sacrifice but they're not ever too bad i'm still actually amazed at the amount of articulation they're able to get on these figures so this wave i give a 10 absolute 10 even because uh, we've had on different Leco and Lego he put it perfect that in BTAS Catwoman they didn't really have great episodes for but in the new Batman Adventures this Catwoman had some great episodes like You Scratch My Back uh, what's it Cat Worship or something like that Cult of the Cat that's what it is so I would say that I even liked the, the design of all black because I, I enjoy Batman Returns a lot and it reminds me of that and then Christmas with the Joker, that's a staple for for the holiday season. That's just an absolute great figure, great representation of the episode. All the accessories are great. And then you have the Batman Beyond three pack. That's a must. That just from the from the get go, the first two episodes of Batman Beyond are just so perfect. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker is one of the best animated Batman movies, right below Mask of the Phantasm, of course. And just to have this figure alone, I say is worth the 50 to 60 bucks that I paid for it. But to also get 
this awesome version of Batman Beyond. And they've made Batman Beyond figures before. It's just Mattel's made them and they look more like the like they'd be from the comics or more of a classic superhero look. They've never been in Bruce Timm style. So this is a must if you're a Batman fan. I give this a 10 out of 10, highest praise for this wave. At least for how I'm ranking these waves. Um, okay, so now we're gonna do, oh. I'll do Fig of the Week because we do have big news and I kind of skimmed over a little bit, but we had the Zack Snyder cut. We have more news on that and they're talking about the possibilities of different heroes we could have in it. And I've had a few questions where they said, oh, do you think we'll get more members in it? And of course, we've all heard, if you've ever followed what could have been, we all heard that there's supposed to be multiple Green Lanterns, which... We're hearing that could still happen. We've heard that there's supposed to be Martian Manhunter. We're hearing that still could still happen. We've basically got for sure that Darkseid's gonna be in it. He posted a teaser pic of it from afar. So you can't see too much detail, but you can see that he looks freaking massive and there's just nothing but mayhem behind him. So I don't know if it was on Apocalypse or it's him destroying a world, but it looked awesome. Um, I'm, I'm I'm wondering if there could be a Shazam cameo, because Shazam's technically still part of the Justice League, but probably they won't do that. They're saying it's supposed to be like 30 million just to finish the movie, and it could be uh, over four hours in, in episode segments, so that'll be cool. I like that it's gonna be taking its time. Cyborg, of course, is supposed to be the heart of the movie, since he is the only hero that is basically linked to a mother box, so he, should be able to know everything about uh, how to defeat these people, who they are, where they're from, and basically the history of the the new gods and the old gods in the DC universe. So, not only that, but we also heard news that there could be Grail in the movie, Darkseid's daughter, who is half Amazonian, half Darkseid, of course. So, if that happens, this DC direct slash collectibles figure from the DC Icons line could be going up in price so if you desire her I would say jump on it as quickly as possible but so that would be awesome if that happens if we get I saw a clip or a behind the scene picture of a more of Wonder Woman's storyline from the Justice League that got cut and it's just a shame that all that got cut but it's amazing that we're going to get it all again and we're gonna get more heroes and um now i feel like i'm missing one we're supposed to get martian manhunter uh green lanterns oh adam we're supposed we could get adam too or we will be getting adam so that that's gonna be great i'm looking forward to the and hbo max you're gonna get my subscription just based on that but it actually looks like they got a lot of dc content and if you want to see more on what that content is what they have currently available uh you can go check that out online okay so figure the week is grail now we're going to uh we're going to do the bts episode review where we're going to pick up on the second part of shadow of the bat now where we open well let's do a little recap so in the first episode of Shadow of the Bat Part 1, we see that Gil Mason is all of a sudden this great, great uh, cop or detective, and he's getting these leads on just putting away mob bosses like crazy. And eventually, oh, Barbara is also interested in him as well. And right when Barbara gets back from visiting, uh, she, she's back, she's visiting her father from college, and they hear a knock on the door, and it's Mason, and he's saying that. Uh, commissioner has been found guilty of colluding or helping Rupert Thorne. And uh, so he's basically put in jail and he's held on no bail. And this uh, gets Barbara all upset. She starts looking into it. And so she holds a rally in which she wants to be able to get all the people of Gotham who know all the good that Commissioner's done for them to at least try to get him to get bail so he doesn't have to stay in jail with the criminals he's put away or he could possibly get whooped up killed who knows so 
she asked Batman if he, he'll help. And uh, he basically says, no, he, he's got something where he's trying to figure out who did this on his own. And that and it seems like he's, ups or like he's a dick, but he actually gets Dick, Robin, to go and help out. So Robin, he uh, heads over there and he thinks he sees Batman, but he realizes it's not Batman. He goes to see who it is and he sees that it's Batgirl and she makes she swings and makes a little appearance and makes it look like to the people like Batman's there but uh, also while Gil Mason is speaking and saying you know we need can't we get Gordon on bail and trying to look like a great guy uh, we see a car drive by and they start shooting and Gil Mason drops before everyone else and then Batgirl tries to follow him she gets tangled up trying to and Robin also goes and they try to take down the people. Uh, Batgirl drops. I mean, basically saying the whole, the whole plot again. But we get to the part where Batgirl basically is able to unmask one of the thugs. And she's able to see uh, and recognize one of the guys. She goes to Gil Mason to try to tell him who it is that she recognized. And she sees the guys there. And so she, she also realizes that Gil Mason is in on the whole thing. So where we pick up is we see Robin, he's gonna go stake out Gil Mason's house because he, he and Alfred were reviewing the tape of the shooting and they were able to see Mason dropped way before the gunfire so they know that he must be on it. Robin heads out uh, to go do some detective work. He runs into Batgirl and he says, what are you doing here? You're in over your head just you need to go and she says hey I, I don't got a degree in crime fighting school but I could I could get by on my own and so Robin just tolerates and they hear Gil Mason get a phone call and so Robin uses one of his bat gadgets to shoot a listening device a little bit above where the where Gil Mason is standing and we hear that he's got to uh, he's getting a call from Two-Face saying that he's got to meet him at the subway and while Robin thinks that he's the only one seeing that, or hearing that, Batgirl's taking out her binoculars and she can see Gil Mason right down the location. And so she herself knows, but Robin doesn't. So Robin says, okay, you know, that was fun and games and in the right circumstances could be fun, but you gotta go. And he's trying to make her seem like he doesn't know anything. And she does the same. She's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And so she basically, uh, they follow, they both end up going, but they're following, <laughs> she's following Robin, follow Gil to the subway. And when he gets there, he, they Two-Face is holding Bruce, who's in disguise, trying to say that he wanted to be part of their gang. Two-Face asks Gil, have you ever seen this guy? And Mason says, no, is that the only reason you brought me here? He's like, well, yeah. And so, while they're they're talking and discussing their plans and what they want to do, Mason says that uh, he doesn't want to be called for such a trivial thing anymore, and he even calls Two Face Harvey, which pisses him off. He says he's not Harvey; he's Two Face. And uh, Two Face also says he wants to push up the timetable to when Mason will be commissioner. Basically, saying he wants to get rid of Commissioner Gordon right away, kill him, and that way Two Face could have. Uh, he could run the gangs, and Mason could take care of all the other stuff for him. A two, perfect two-part crime. And then, uh, right when you think that Robin's gonna make a move, Batgirl, she trips over something, and makes a, she bumps into Robin. Robin drops the smoke grenade and uh, basically gives away their position. Batman yells out, "Robin, run!" And then he drops down to the tracks and tries to hide. They're in a subway, and Two Face is able to put it together. It's like, wait, if he's yelling out Robin, that must be Batman in disguise. So he starts trying to shoot after him, but uh, then he runs out of ammo. And him and the guys, him and his goons, leave the subway and blow up the entrance. Not only that, but uh, they want to make sure that they do some harm to the Bat family. And Two Face reveals that he is lined different parts of the subway with explosives and he starts blowing it up releasing water onto like just basically all over the subway where it's gonna flood 
Batman uh, changes into his bat suit and he kind of says, hey, you can't just, it's going to take more than just the attitude and determination to, uh, to do what we do and basically dismissing her and she kind of tags along still and he, he, he kind of tolerates it <laughs> as Batman does. But they see the water coming down the tracks. Robin almost gets swept up in it, but Batgirl shows her, her her worth and her value by throwing him a rope to catch, and her and Batman pull on the safety. Then... Oh, I lost my spot. Oh, then Batman puts a, like, C4 in his, his grapple gun to blow a roof in the... or blow a hole in the roof of the into the street he lets Batgirl use the grapple gun to get the safety and while that happens more water comes down the line and sweeps away Robin and Batman Batgirl calls the police station to try to warn him that Commissioner Gordon is in trouble but one of the cops there can't really hear I don't know what kind of line he's got it's not a it's not a cordless phone it's not a cell phone it should be a good connection but he basically says, if you want to hear, oh, yeah. <laughs> so right when the goons, uh, they left, they went to go break Commissioner Gordon out. And they loudly say, come on, Rupert Thorne doesn't leave his friends behind. So they bust him out and try to make uh, Harvey Bullock, who's in listening distance, think that it's, it's all Rupert Thorne and that Commissioner is in cahoots. So... Batgirl calls to try to warn that Commissioner's going to get in trouble, but she's too late. And she basically hears that uh, he got kidnapped and she knows what happened. So she, they learn that he's at, she, lost my face again. Uh, Batman and Robin escape by pulling the brake out of a subway car that they were able to get into without uh, drowning guess that allows for the train to break a wall break through a wall and allow some of the water to disperse more and they're able to get out at Bayshore Wharf in, in Gotham City Gordon is being held of course by Two-Face and his gang and Mason is ready to execute him personally and he's giving away all <laughs> like a villain does he's giving away all his uh, what he's gonna do his whole plan he even taunts Gordon and says, oh, don't worry about Barbara. She's she's quite fond of me. I'll take care of her. And just gloating and... Uh, Batgirl, of course, uses a gas grenade to throw in there and start distracting him. She yells for the commissioner to run, which he uh, he's able to get rid of, get loose from the goons and start running. And then, of course, Batman and Robin arrive and they all start having a... They stand off in the street where the goons are shooting. And while they're all distracted, Batman, Two-Face, the goons, Gil tries to leave on a boat. And Batgirl, she's not having that. And she has, she's very upset at Gil, especially because she, she had a crush on him. So Batman and Robin do their thing. They save, the commissioner's safe. They take care of Two-Face and the thugs by, Two-Face tries to get away by, uh, running towards this coin place or this, I don't remember what it's called I think it's a bar or something who knows but, but Batman throws a battering at the coin it falls off from its sign into the uh, pier which flips Two-Face and Gordon says oh that's a first a coin flipping Two-Face and there's a lot of funny corny lines in this where it seems like it's a, an old silver age or golden age uh, Batman or 66 TV show but <clears throat> Batgirl, meanwhile, uh, well, also Robin says after they do that little exchange, well, where's Batgirl? And Batman says she's out there on her own. And so this is like, this is like, okay, this we're going to see for sure if Batgirl is worth her medal and worthy of the bat, being on the bat team. She's all by herself. She's on a boat in the middle of the ocean with the the number two villain of this episode. And so... Uh, while she's struggling with Gil Mason to get control of the boat and take him down, she gets unmasked, and that's kind of a, a, I remember first seeing that, like, oh, man, she's, she's either got to kill this guy or he's got to, something's got to happen for him to not tell her identity. 
So uh, while they're stri struggling and fighting on the boat, they, they end up, it's gonna about to go right into uh, an explosion, or they're gonna go right into something where it would explode. And Gil Gil's knocked out, and even Batgirl before she pulls him out of the boat right before they go into a wall with the boat, she says, I should just leave you, which I think that's funny, as she's saying that as she's saving him. But she saves him, and after that we find out that Gil is in a coma, so that's how they take care of that, where he won't reveal her identity. So that's, that's impressive. I like that. That's, that's acceptable. And then, uh, the end, it's tied up where Gordon is able to clear his name because he's at a press conference and he's, he's letting everyone know, you know, I wasn't a part of it. This is what happened. And while we see, while that's going on, uh, Batman and Robin are, well, they're as Dick and Bruce wondering if they'll see Batgirl anymore. And, and uh, Barbara in her civilian self says, oh, like basically, yeah, you're gonna see a lot more Batgirl, which we didn't. We only saw her one more time, at least in BTAS form. And the new Batman Adventures, we saw a lot of her. So in this episode, I would give it a eight out of 10. Eight out of 10 for this whole two part. Uh, I just, it's disappointing that they didn't use her more. It's a solid introduction two-parter, and I do like that she gets uh, a two-parter, but uh, overall, I think they could have, I would have liked to see more Batgirl. There was just, I felt like it was only in the second part, but I guess they got to set it up. Okay. So, now we're going to do a review of the the newest Batman the Adventures Continue comic book. This is the, this is, it's called Mentors Part 2, but it's the fourth book that they've released. And the first, the first page, we get a nice splash page of Tim Drake, Robin. And he's driving on a bat cycle, bat pod, whatever you want to call it. And Alfred, I guess, was talking to him on the communicator. He said it's not fair that uh, that he that Batman said that he couldn't go out to a. He said he got a tip on the Wonderland gang was up to something, and Robin's saying it's not fair that Batman played the uh, curfew card on him, that he wasn't allowed to go out with them. And Alfred's trying to get saying you need to come back and. Robin sees Deathstroke silhouette jumping along the building skyline and he says, oh, okay, Alfred, yeah, I'll come back. And Alfred, I guess, buys it. But Tim goes after Deathstroke to see what he's up to as they go into a zoo and, and they're in a bug area to be specific. So, let me get to my, my notes. Uh, Tim sneaks up on Deathstroke. And Deathstroke says a little thing like, oh man, if you were an assassin, you'd have me dead to right. Basically trying to make him, I feel like he's trying to make Tim seem uh, like he's super good. But I feel like Deathstroke is only doing that to be friendly. And uh, I feel like he knew all along that Tim was following him. And he says, hey, well, let's, uh, basically says, uh, you're, since you've involved yourself in my business, you have to be my ally tonight and be my, like, you have to do this with me. And so Tim agrees, and the cops didn't like it. <laughs> uh, so Deathstroke, as they're walking around, he says that he's looking for Firefly, and and he asks if Tim's, Tim's gone against him, if he knows about Firefly, and he says he personally hasn't gone against them, but Batman's told him everything about Firefly, and when he says that, we get a nice, another splash page, a beautiful splash page of Batman in the anti-fire suit fighting uh, Firefly while the flames are all around him and Cassidy, the singer, is uh, tied up to a pole. And it's a very nice summary of the episode in one splash page. And then Deathstroke proceeds to talk about how later on Firefly and his... Uh, later adventures ended up burning himself to the, so badly with the suit that it's basically fused to his face and he had to do a bunch of major upgrades to it and uh, that that's why they're at 
the zoo is that just find him and he's been using exotic bugs or as part of his crimes or to be a distraction in his crimes and so that's why that's what they're doing looking around and then we see we catch a batman who's taking on the wonderland gang and mad hatter and he we see a great different images of him fighting doing action taking him down and uh, we get to see some dialogue with mad hatter where he's like don't you get tired of these adventures down the rabbit hole and batman easily takes care of mad hatter and I guess uh, he was able to even find him because he needed the technology for his uh, for his mind control apparatuses, and there's only a few places that Mad Hatter can get that. So, as Batman is about to leave the building, he sees a uh, he sees the assassin that Barbara was talking about in the last book, toward the end, and he sees a little glimmer off in the distance, and Batman tries to take off after him, but Batman's too late, and whatever the assassin was going after. He looks like he crashed something inside of a building in the in the page, and Batman's too late, and he's he's wondering what he's about to have to go up against. And I'm not sure whether or not he has an idea, if it's Tim or not. I don't know if he's supposed to have an idea, but he knows that whatever he's about to face is is something else. So then after that, we go back to Tim and Deathstroke, Slade. And uh, they're fighting off the a bunch of bugs that came in that started to take over, started to uh, take over the area or came into their area wherever they were. So they know that Firefly is near them. And while they're taking on the bugs, and they just Tim pulls out a fire extinguisher and says that the the whatever comes out of it, the extinguishing stuff, makes it so heavy that the bugs can't fly. And then after they do that, we see. Firefly show up and he gets his he gets disarmed of his gun pretty quickly but then we see that with his new upgraded suit which he looks a lot like Ultron which I, I'm not a big fan of that's the first thing I thought when I saw him like why does he look like Ultron and then his mouth opens up all wide and he shoots out like this flame of fire where it looks like Tim and Deathstroke are, are engulfed in and then that's where the comic leaves us hanging and I also, I mean, I already didn't like the design too much because it looked like Ultron. But then when they do the whole thing where the mouth flips up and it's shooting fire out, it doesn't seem practical. I feel like it'd be too hot for his face. And even if your face is already melted, why would you want to put yourself through that pain again? I don't know. Maybe it's a robot. Maybe it's not really him. Who knows? But I would say the the best part about this number four in this series uh, mentors part two is it's a lot of dialogue and a lot of reminiscing on some previous encounters and i did like seeing the anti-fire suit and a nice splash page and i did like seeing tim drake on a motorbike telling alfred it's not fair batman did this it's a lot like robin's reckoning so i did like those parallels and again, it's another strong comic. The writing's fun. The dialogue's great. And of course, it's Paul Dini. So I'm looking forward to the next one. That'll be a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying these. Let's see what else we got on the agenda. Oh, the how-to. The how-to is going to be on Shadowplay. So that'll be, that video will be, will be added onto this when I edit. All right, so. I think that's it. Yeah, we cover everything. Figure of the week. The how-to will be at the end. And it's going to be on how to get that perfect shadow. Because you need to find the right light source to get a nice, crisp, clean shadow where it's not fuzzy. And you can definitely tell what it is. So I'll show you what I use right here. But thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, so today's how-to is on shadow play and how to create that perfect silhouetted shadow and what lighting source I use and prefer in, to obtain the perfect looking shadow. And the reason I pick this is because it's also, not only is it simple, it's something that's easy to do, but I feel like you could you could 
use shadows to convey a lot of different messages, say a lot without saying anything. Like with this, this simple image right here, you get what the message is. Young Bruce Wayne and his, and his future will become Batman. It's very, it's very simple. Anyone, but yeah, it's, I get it. However, it's simple, but it's effective and people tend to like, like it. And I feel like uh, if you have a good imagination and you're able to uh, use shadows effectively, you can create a lot of uh, meaningful and great shots without having to spend too much money on dioramas or that sort of thing while you also are polishing up your skills and getting better at toy photography. So I feel like, I, I personally feel like I was able to get a lot of uh, good ideas and cool shots out of using shadows and it's one of my favorite things to do and whenever I'm in a creative rut you could I could try to think of okay what can I do with or like what can I convey with a shadow or something like that and when I think of that sort of thing the one of the first um, uh, pictures that I remember where I thought oh that's a very cool picture and it had a shadow in it which conveyed a message was in the Star Wars Episode One, where it's a little, it's a poster for the movie, and it had little Anakin walking away from the Tatooine hut, and the shadow that's cast upon the hut is the silhouette of Darth Vader, and I just absolutely love that, and it stuck with me, and it sticks with you for a reason. It's because it's effective. So, what I use, I mean, like, okay, so like this simple image right here. You could use Bruce Wayne in this. Little Bruce Wayne. You could use old man Bruce Wayne, which I've done this shot before. So in his past, he used to be Batman. It's effective. You could use, like in the BTS episode, Shadow of the Bat, which I, I've, I will be using this image. Just have, well, let me get her to stand. This is one of the hardest figures to stand in this background. But yeah, you get it. <laughs> Come on. There. I gotta stand. Shadow of the bat. You could do this with Nightwing. I know this guy's a little bigger. This is McFarlane Nightwing. Be he's always has Batman in his shadow. Well, you just gotta line it up right. Or I could just use the animated one. But you get what I'm saying. I've, you could also use this shot for like uh, Selena Kyle about to go into a window and the shadow being cast across the brick is Batman or in a vault. There's so many ideas you could get out of this sort of thing. And the light that I use is a, from an old phone and it's a Samsung to be 100% accurate. Galaxy S7. But, uh, I've used iPhones, I've used iPods, I've used tablets. Anything with that sort of light source seems to have uh, the ability to cast a very clean shadow. So if you have an extra old phone of yours that the light still works and it charges, I would say use that all you can to do some shadow shots. And also for lighting in general, it helps out a lot. I use this for light for different lighting sources. And there goes Justice League Batman. But that's the how-to today. I know it seems simple and short, but sometimes the best things and the best messages are simple to get across. It's just a matter of how to figure out how to do them. And hopefully that could uh, help you get a lot of productive shots out of a, a cheap source. But that's today's how-to. Next week will be uh, a little bit more involved one. But I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to do a healthy mix of a beginner and a little bit more uh, advanced each week. So I'll flip-flop in between. Next week will be a little bit more advanced. I think I might do something on lighting, but we'll see. So I hope you enjoyed this. Okay, we are at the 
fan art portion of the show. And just a reminder that if you tag me in any fan art of anything Batman related or related to the show, that uh, I will not only show it up on here during each week and uh, give you a shout out, but also I will do a drawing at the end of each month and send you a print of one of my shots. So that's something you want or you just want the shout out, which I understand. <laughs> Well, either way, it's fine. But this guy's been killing it lately. At Steve Grez, G-R-E-Z. Uh, he's doing a... I think he's doing a Batman... Bat-May. So he's doing a Batman shot a day. All of May. Today's day 27. He's absolutely killing it. This is brilliant. Uh, play on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, shot. Famous shot. And... Not only did he put a different Batman for each turtle being represented, he did a cool uh, BTAS version with the logo on his skateboard. This is Batman Forever Val Kilmer, Keaton, and Adam West. I also love that he excluded uh, George Clooney. Brilliant. So this is, this is really cool. He's killing it lately. Here's the reference shot for the arcade game. Okay, this is Darth Collector with a brilliant portrait shot of a Batman Returns ripped open cow, which is also famous for all of a sudden one shot he has eye makeup and all this, the next one it's no eye black. <laughs> but this is a really good shot, so shout out to Darth Collector. Next one. This is another Steve Grez, which is a play on the 90s movie. Clueless, and he did one with Birds of Prey, and it's perfect. I love the Huntresses in there, Harley, and Black Canary. Really cool shot. This is from Ditto Bias, where you got an old JLA 2003 and a Legacy Arkham City sh uh, figure. Couple shots here. Very nice, ditto bias. Really, really cool shot by blank underscore underscore lens from Mumbai. And this is, I just love the lens flares. It's a really cool angle, really reminiscent of the opening shot. And he even puts, can you hear the music? Just playing Ken with a very, uh, <laughs> this feels like an Arkham uh, or a Axis or Ace Chemical Factory shot. Very nice. And I think it's a three inch figures from uh, the Spin Masters. Could be wrong. Oh, Tyler G Show. Shout out to ourselves. This is very cool. This guy does a lot of cool work. His name's Mr. Mars Studios. And he has these figures emerging from spray paint cans with accessories. Let's take a quick. Deviation. Let me show you some more of his stuff. Cat dog. Classic Nickelodeon. Bunch of different Yoshis. So yeah, you get the Ren and Stimpy. You get what he does. He, he does really cool stuff. Let me get back to me. No, I'll just keep it back. Let me get back to... Oh, let's just go down here. <laughs> Sorry for the segue. Fan art. Okay, so we were here. Mr. Mars Studio. L.A. Pine Cretan 01 with the classic Batgirl, which we covered her episode today in Shadow of the Bat, part two. Really love those colors. That's one of my favorite suits. Morphing Tom 2.0 with the Why So Serious. Looks like you got some sparks in there. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> no, I can't keep saying that over and over. This is actually brilliant. You could, I love the way you can see the motion. Did a good job with the blur. This is from WNB Cartoon. Really nice profile picture. <laughs> I just love the little detail too of the helmet just falling off. 
caught the arrow that he's breathing the, the kryptonite. Ah, uh, if only I had this. A-S-A-Cyan collector? A-Cyan underscore collector? What's saying? This is very cool. Very cool, get it? Because he's on ice. White Lantern Batman, I think it's when he's a god. I always see this diorama, and I really wish I had it. I don't know exactly where it's from. If anyone feels like telling me, let me know. This is a pretty cool shot, though, from Ms. Kahalik. Snyder Cut. Merchandise shot. Nice brooding shot of Pattinson. Battinson. It'd be really uh, nice if we see something like this. Another Steve Gray shot. Batman Day 24, Affleck versus himself. Different universes. Beautiful, beautiful shot here. Even beside, uh, behind the scenes. Which people love seeing that. Nice perspective. A couple shots by Ditto Bias. BVS Multiverse. The first Batman vs. Superman Multiverse Batman fig. And a Jim Gordon Batman. Someone customized the mystery van for Mezco Joker. Batman underscore figures 412. Underscore 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 jazz with one Z underscore underscore. With a Cesar Romero painting. I don't know if it's real painting or digital art, but it's brilliant looking. I like seeing the, the angry look in his eye and his face. A couple of classic throwback 90s figures right here with the smaller versions and the more up-to-date recently released. I don't know how long ago, but... Oh, 2017. So this is a very... Uh, very nice comparison shot. I'll always take the originals though. <laughs> and that's by uh, Toy DeLorean. Check him out. Samerson Collection Naves. Hopefully I said that right. With a uh, bat metal or deceased Batman statue. Look like Mr. Freestyle. That's interesting. Oh yeah, it is a Mr. Freestyle. He has the broken glass. I have not read that storyline, so I don't know. Another one, another cool statue. Mezco Holic, I really do like this shot with the Batman animated series colors and the everything else Batman animated series. The Batman animated series color Mezco, that is, for those uh, listening on the podcast. But he looks like he has a little drink, drink. Steve Grez again with the almost got him shot. I think it's supposed to be like the Breakfast Club. Yeah, it is. And some classic rogues right there. Doesn't get better than that. One of my favorite underrated characters of BTS, Atana. Ram figures. You did a great job with this. I really uh, like the card as well. And it looks like she's on uh, maybe like backstage practicing. Oh, there's a video. Oh! I didn't give this enough credit. This is awesome. I'm gonna have to put this in my story. This is cool. Bravo! I'm putting that in my story. Just playing Ken. With yeah, he's he's uh been killing it lately with those Spin Masters Batman figures. Did Obias with the Young Justice Batman and the TNBA Batman. Couple of portrait shots. I'm in. Beautiful, beautiful shot of a Mezco Deathstroke. I think it's the alternate version with the black instead of the blue from Toys and Photography. 
Doesn't get better than that. Dark Knight News is it's a cool animation. Hopefully that wasn't too loud for you. Another just playing Ken's uh, Spin Master Robin shot. David. David. And back. I hope. I don't know. I hope I pronounce it right. David E N G B A E K. Uh, he's a, a tattoo artist and he does some really cool digital art as well. I, I really highly recommend you go check his page out. A lot of these I'll post in a, I'll post in my story to share because these are really cool. Steve Grez with another dynamic duo uh, animated Batman shot. This is off of Onward, which is a recent Pixar movie. I like the, uh, I love the comic that Batman has. Another Toys of Arkham. King Namoria761. He's a, been a guest on the show. I highly recommend you go follow him. Trevor Cameron with a really nice noir style moonlight bat shot. It's always cool seeing a moonlight Batman shot because it's always uh, reminiscent of Tim Burton, Batman 89. So Trevor Cameron, great, great shot. Neil. Neil S C H R O three with the animated Arkham hybrid, which is funny because they're basically like the same universe, so perfect combination. Great statue by Gotham Geek Girl. Steve Grizz with another great one. Car design underscore and comic sketch. Can't see the comic sketches. Nice Nightmare Batman. We're going to hopefully see him again in the Snyder Cut. A moody shot by Louis Armand Padilla. Carpoy, Carpoy Funko Pops. Man, that's a hard one to say. With a Gaslight Batman pop. I like I like this one. I, you don't see that one often. The pop for... Yeah. Ooh, this is fresh. Bat Vector. Good shot, Bat Vector. One Porcupine. Classic Bruce Wayne. Animated pop from Lapin Cretan 01. And then we're, I think we went a little bit past from what we, but oh well. So those are some great fan arts. And uh, yeah, keep it up. I think we got one more week and then I'll be doing a drawing. <laughs> Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.